0: Secret, can we keep this with this one?
1: that we live in today, dating is just so impossible. Bet you thought I was gonna say easy. You'd think it would be with apps like Fumble, Match, eHarmony, and Tinder. Finding someone who you'd like to spend some time with is as easy as ordering food. You grab your phone, you scan through a few pictures, you swipe left or right, and then bam, it's a match. And next thing you know, you're out with them at a bar, grabbing a drink, meeting up at a restaurant, or hell, maybe you skipped all the good stuff and went right to their house for some Netflix and chill. Otherwise known as brown chicka brown cow. But before I get too distracted on the topic today, hi, I'm Harmony, and this is What the Actual F. Every week, I try to come here and tell you guys some of the darkest things that I can find that happen around our world. Yeah, most of the time, this would be true crime. Some very odd and disturbing disappearance. Other times, I'll tell you creepy tales about some haunted places. And every now and then, I like to throw on my tinfoil hat and dive into conspiracies. But for this episode, we are going to look at several different cases. And they all have one thing in common. Dating apps. For anyone out there who has used a dating app, you will know that there is good and bad that comes with them. If you're like me and a major introvert sitting behind a screen and talking to somebody is very easy trying to talk to somebody in person and organically not so much like for me if i try to flirt with you in public it's gonna come out like this uh you you have i like your uh your your eyes your when you smile my heart goes boom boom it doesn't work out very well if you couldn't tell but For some people, using dating apps is just a way for them to find their next victim. So sit back and let me tell you some of the most disturbing cases that have happened all because of Tinder. And who knows, maybe you'll think twice about grabbing your phone and finding your next hookup. Or maybe you won't. After all, we all wanna get laid, right? But are you willing to die for that? I know so many of you were like, hell yeah. I'm like 100% sure if I looked at my fellow and were like, would you risk dying if you knew you could get your dick sucked possibly? He would look at me and go, is uh, is this death swift or am I going to (laughs) suffer? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. He listens to this. He's probably sitting there like, I would never. No, 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 he wouldn't. Unless he was sure it was a swift ending to his life, then probably. But memeing and torturing? Nah, not worth it for him. Okay, I hear you. Enough joking around, Harmony. Go ahead and begin. Well, all right, all right, let's do just that.
0: Do you long for intimate connection? Crave the simple comfort of a loving embrace? Tire of wandering the electronic section, searching for a soulmate you're worried may never appear? Do you want to get plowed? Yeah! Of course you do. I'm Roger Horton, and I want to talk to you about Roger, a fun pocket video game where you lustily drag your sticky digits back and forth to hopefully win a chance to maybe see a stranger's genitals. Ew. Roger runs on secret love math designed to connect the horny part of your brain to the part that's susceptible to gambling addiction. And that's pretty much all our algorithm needs to do, because when it comes to selecting a mate your dumb meat computer really only considers two factors personality and sense of humor <laughs> attractiveness and race oh if you're black or asian or hispanic or a member of the lgbtq community you will have to endure our unintentionally but undeniably prejudiced algorithms not to mention users algorithms are biased well they can be If the people who create them have inherent biases, which literally everyone on the planet does. Even if we had the best of intentions and a diverse team of employees, the very concept of our flirtation simulator is flawed because it'll always be two choices, man or woman, gay or straight, fuck or yup. Sure, we let you indicate your non-binary gender, but then we force you to select whether you want to be shown alongside the men the women all that f- calculus would break down if we offered you more than two options
2: what if I'm in the- you
0: can't have it but don't worry six out of 10 young women experience some form of harassment on Raj Earth
2: how is that a good thing
0: yeah, so we're testing a new feature where straight women get all the power oh really really? A man can't message you until you message them first. And you better freaking do it, too. Because if you don't, they might file a class action suit against us. Apparently, hours of rating whether women are attractive enough to bother talking to doesn't make you a very nice person. Uh Oh, it's like a half-chewed Tootsie Roll stuck in a Brillo pad. Don't worry. Reporting misconduct is easy and will absolutely result in banning. As long as your complaints gain significant social media traction, and also, eh, sometimes no, it won't. Our part-time moderators have amazing training in something, probably... But definitely not in dealing with abuse or sexual assault. They receive about one complaint of harassment every minute. So getting an abuser deplatformed takes all the stamina and determination of canceling a gym membership. Well, thank you for reaching out to us. Your call is very important. I am receiving another call,
2: so have a nice banana.
0: What? You're welcome. Even if they were well-trained, nobody can be equipped to handle the psychological torture of speed-reading hate speech and horny smut all day, every day. I am feeling a little burnt out. I'm sorry, I can't hear you over your NDA, Chad. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, Roger, my weak chin and clown-esque hairline are making it hard to find my wetter half. But for an arbitrary monthly fee based on your unfuckability score, our least desirable users can activate creep mode. We'll provide disturbing amounts of information on the users that make you the
2: moistest breath.
0: Statistically, it won't make you any more likely to meet that special someone, but on the plus side, we're now tapped directly into your wallet. Uh, I think I'll stick to the free version. That's quite all right. Just make sure you play a lot, because the more you play, the better Roger learns your interests and preferences, and can more accurately partner you with the right advertisers. The important thing to understand is that you're not the customer, you're the product. We'll advertise directly to you, harvest and sell your data, and take money straight out of your pocket. We're using every part of the horny buffalo, and you're the horny buffalo. Which, by the way, is another dating app we're launching. But what are you gonna do? Meet somebody in aisle six while reaching for the same limp tomato like some sad derivative Hallmark movie? Fat chance. Oh, I'm single, by the way. In your dreams.
1: dating can be such an amazing thing. I'll be honest with you, I've used it. I actually met my ex-boyfriend of two years on Bumble. Obviously that did not pan out, but that doesn't mean I fault the app. I fault mine and his relationship as we were just not compatible. And yes, it took me two years to realize that, but eh, you live and you learn. Now I've had my fair share of some pretty odd experiences when I was using the app. Of course, you get your fair share of dicks immediately. And you get guys that just can't take no as a hint. Nonetheless, with online dating, people have the opportunity to get to know people from all over the world, which can in turn allow them to meet the love of their life. These are modern love stories that might not have happened organically. And it often goes to show you just how beautiful technology can be. Technology has brought us closer and more together than ever before, but, Sometimes meeting a person online can lead to your murder. I am sure you have heard at least one story or another of people getting killed after meeting somebody from Craigslist or Bumble or hell, Tinder. It seems that for every positive love story that comes out of these apps, there is a very dark horror story where somebody lost their life. The following stories that I am gonna tell you revolve around just that either the murder or attempted murder of one of the daters. While not every nice person you're going to meet on an app is a killer or a creep, the truth remains that many people use these apps because they are simply incapable of having and starting a relationship organically. But then there are the others. These stories will remind you just how careful you must be when exploring the online world of dating. I can guarantee you, these stories will be in your mind the next time you arrange plans to meet with a stranger online. All right, let's meet our bachelors and bachelorettes. He was the boyfriend who swept Zanea Barney off her feet. You said he almost seemed like the dream guy. Yeah, I feel like a wonderland with him. She says 27-year-old Danielle Drayton was a handsome, charismatic conversationalist she met on a dating app.
3: Like, we talked so much. We had so much in common. You know, he seemed like, the, like a real good guy. She
0: had no idea her life was in danger. You never wake up one day and be like,
3: my boyfriend that I'm dating is going to try to kill me. The
1: man she thought she was falling for allegedly stalking her, threatening her. I could that and her son, nearly choking her to death. Now we're learning Daniel Drayton is also a suspected murderer and rapist. Accused of killing 29-year-old nurse Samantha Stewart last month and luring a number of women he met on dating sites into a string of heinous assaults. In mid-July of 2018, police began searching for Daniel Drayton, a 27-year-old Connecticut man who allegedly raped and killed 29-year-old Samantha Stewart. Samantha was a nurse from Queens with whom he'd matched with on Tinder. Authorities would eventually track him down in a hotel room in Los Angeles. It took a task force busting into the hotel room where they found him holding another woman captive after he had severely sexually assaulted her. Since then, several more details have emerged about Daniel. Police would go on to suspect that maybe he was a serial killer who seeks his victims out on Tinder and via rideshare apps. Of course, like many people who do the crime but don't want to do the time, Daniel would plead not guilty in a Los Angeles County Superior Court to the charges of sexual assault and attempted murder. In the case of the North Hollywood woman who he met in an Uber ride, Danielle is also wanted for a rape in New York and the murder of Samantha Stewart, who he met on Tinder. New York investigators are also looking into cases in which Danielle is tied to. For example, a month after Danielle allegedly killed Samantha, detectives in New York's Special Victims Division were investigating a Brooklyn woman's report that Danielle choked her and raped her after they went on a Tinder date. While Daniel has been linked to several more victims, the Connecticut man claims to have far more than what they can account for. According to CBS Los Angeles, when he was interviewed by investigators after being arrested, Daniel bragged about the fact that he had committed at least six other murders on the coast. However, no one's tied to the other alleged victims has ever come forward. At least, not that I could find. In just the North Carolina case, Daniel has been charged with attempted murder, forcible rape, false imprisonment by violence, and sexual penetration by a foreign object. His bail was set at 1.25 million. However, Mr. Drayton would be released. This was attributed to missing paperwork and a lapse in communication. The way in which New York's court acquires out of state criminal records has not changed since Mr. Drayton's release in 2018, which did not suggest a systematic issue, but Daniel would find himself back in court. He would be facing sexual misconduct, second degree murder and larceny among several other charges. Daniel shuffled into the courthouse with his head down and his hands cuffed. Daniel sat between two detectives in suits, tapping his foot and trembling in fear. One thing I love about these murderers and assholes out there that are just deciding that they can take the lives of people around our world, is that as they're committing their crimes, they seem so fucking sure of themselves and so powerful, as if they have no fear in the world. But the moment they have to answer for them, they turn into little pussies. Excuse my French. What happened to the big bad guy? You just scared of the law? Hmm. Maybe don't fucking kill. Sorry, sorry. My opinion got loose. Minutes after this, he stood up silently in front of Justice Kenneth C. Holder. All as a Queens prosecutor detailed how in a video statement recorded on July 24th, 2018, Mr. Daniel Drayton told the New York detectives during an interview at a California police station how he had in fact met Miss Samantha Stewart online and how they had gone out for a pizza and how he later choked her in her Springfield Gardens apartment. Quote, the victim was duped into going onto a date with the defendant. He played a charmer online, but was in fact an alleged sexual predator. The quote continued as this. After his heinous acts of violence, the defendant fled the state to escape prosecution. Now, back in our custody, this defendant will be held to account for his alleged actions. Justice Holder ordered Mr. Drayton, who faces up to 25 years in prison if convicted, to be held at this point without bail. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Daniel Drayton. And quite frankly, he's one of the nicer ones that I'm going to tell you about. And that's saying a lot. Because this man is a fucking monster. If the story of Daniel Drayton and his heinous crimes didn't want to stop you from opening your Tinder app and swiping left or right, don't worry. There's more. Let's meet the rest of our bachelors and bachelorettes, shall we? Warning. The audio that you are about to hear may be extremely disturbing to some listeners. These are the final moments of Warina Wright's life.
3: I thought you were kidding, and I've taken it off. This is f- <laughs> You're lucky I haven't off my f- balcony, you goddamn psycho little b-. mm-hmm. Who the f- do you think you are? Yeah, do you move me, time now? What? What's it gonna say? Say it. Say it.
2: What? He's a sexist.
3: Yeah. I'm the one who's injured. You don't have a goddamn scratch on you. Seriously, what? Seriously, what?
0: Seriously,
3: what? I thought you were just playing around. I'm sick of that. Goddamn I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna walk you out of this apartment. Just the way you are. You're not gonna collect any belongings or anything, you're just gonna walk out. And I'm gonna slam the door on you. You understand? If you try to pull anything, I'll knock you out. I'll knock you the f out. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you understand? Come on, get up! Get up! up. F up! Get up! Okay. You don't understand, do you? You don't understand anything at all, do you? You don't understand. You don't understand, damn. Do you? you just don't understand. Let go can you hit me and i'll just like fall down like in the movings hmm? you don't understand you don't, do you let go of it let go
2: let go let go
1: begin this segment I just want to let you guys know that I am currently sitting outside because it's a beautiful day out. So you may hear some outside noises but I will do my best to mix these in with the background music once it's edited. So in the early hours of August 8th 2014 police would discover the body of a young woman at the base of the Avalon apartments on the Gold Coast. This woman was Raina Wright. A 26-year-old from New Zealand who was staying on the Gold Coast for a wedding. Let's talk about what led up to her death. Shortly before her death, Mr. Gable Toasty met Orena Wright through Tinder. Obviously, you guys know exactly what Tinder is. A very popular dating app which strangers often use in order to meet other strangers for coffee, a date, or some sort of sexual encounter. It is alleged by police that after the two met on Tinder, Gable and Lorena decided to meet up at Gable's apartment, which was located on the 14th level of the Avalon apartment complex. Now let me tell you about a little, very strange obsession that Gable had. Gable was kind of obsessed with recording all of the encounters he had with women that he would meet. He would record their conversations with his phone, and his apartment was rigged with several hidden cameras. The man had a voyeurism fetish. Yeah, definitely kind of an odd kink, but a whole lot better than a piss fetish. Just saying, I mean, that's a fact. I don't know about you, but I'd rather a date tell me that, hey, I kind of like recording these things, is that okay with you? As opposed to looking at me and being like, hey, next time you gotta go pee, can you do it on my face? (gasps) No. Sorry, let's continue. So he would record their conversations on his phone, and again, he had all these hidden cameras. It was ultimately, though, the recordings that would give the police the evidence that they needed to charge him with Lorena's murder.
3: So why didn't you go out on the balcony to check to see if she was okay? Instinctively, I knew that if I ran out there and somebody saw me looking over the edge and she had actually fallen all the way, It would look like, you know, it it, it would not look good. It would look like I, I had forced her over or something.
1: One of these recordings was extracted from his mobile phone. The 199-minute recording allegedly revealed a panic-stricken Toasty ringing his father after Rena fell to her death, telling him this, quote, Me and her had sex. It was like the more she drank, the more violent she got for some reason. I can't remember what I did, but I absolutely did not throw her from my balcony. I would never do something like that. Now, according to the police analysis, the mobile phone recordings reveal hitting sounds and rocks that were possibly being thrown. A male voice would then complain of being beaten up and a woman boasting of being, quote, a ninja and telling him to untie her because she was going to break his jaw. The man then tells the woman that he doesn't like getting beaten up and she needs to be nice. In the recording, the woman accuses the man of stealing her phone, to which he replies, I should never have given you so much to drink. I thought you were going to be fun. I am the one who is injured. You don't have a goddamn scratch on you. I thought you were kidding, and I have taken enough of this. This is fucking bullshit. You are lucky I haven't chucked you off my balcony, you goddamn psycho little bitch. You are not my kind of girl. That is enough. You have worn out your welcome. You have to leave. Because of these recordings, it is very clear that there was some sort of altercation that took place before Warina fell to her death. And in the recordings, it suggests that Warina was the one who was the more violent of the two. The police allege that Warina was the victim of assault, that she was in fear for her life and trying to flee Mr. Toasty when she fell to her death. They are relying on legal precedents where the victims have been literally, quote, scared to death to make murder charges stick. Basically, what this means is somebody is so afraid for their life that they only see one option, and that is to try and escape, which can also lead to their death. What this means is the person decided to put their life in their own hands, ultimately risking it instead of allowing somebody to take it. The case is very similar to that of Kelly Healy. She died after climbing out of a six-story bathroom window to escape her abusive boyfriend. In this 1986 case, Miss Healy was showering when her boyfriend rushed into the bathroom, punched her in the face and tried to strangle her. He was found guilty of her murder even though he didn't push her from the window because she was simply trying to escape from him. This case actually went all the way up to the high court, which in turn upheld her boyfriend's Conviction. According to the High Court, it states this: if a person does something with the intention of causing another person a series of injuries, and in that course of doing so, the victim dies. The person can be convicted of murder, even if the victim died in a way that the person did not anticipate. I.e., falling from a building while they're trying to escape you. In Gable Tossi's case, the police will be alleging that Werena Wright was in fear for her life and she attempted to escape by climbing the balcony, perhaps to another balcony or apartment nearby, hoping she could get help from whoever would be inside. As she fell to her death in doing so, Mr. Toasty could be found guilty even though he didn't push her or throw her. He wasn't even on the balcony when she fell. So what is going on with Gable Toasty now? Well, now he goes by Eric Thomas. He pled guilty in court after he failed to provide a breath and blood sample to police officers after a car crash. The court found Thomas, who was 35 at the time, naked and trapped in his car after crashing into bushes off nearing Braddock Road in the Gold Coast in October of last year. He actually hit a concrete barrier after drifting alongside in front of another vehicle on the opposite side of the road before he skid into the bushes. Why was he naked? I don't know. Now, he may have pled guilty for that, but he was found not guilty for the murder of Warina Ray. This was done after four days of deliberation by the jury, and this case has been heard all over the world. It is now infamous with the dangers of dating apps. According to The Crown, Gable had left Wright in such a state of fear and intimidation that she felt that the only way to escape him was by climbing over the railing of the balcony after he locked her outside. But. Defense lawyers said that Gable had used reasonable force to subdue her, which, according to them, Reina had become, quote, increasingly erratic after several hours of drinking, which is why he pled not guilty, as he had no intent of actually killing her. The key piece of evidence in the trial was that 199-minute mobile recording made by Gable himself, which captured the pair's increasingly extreme actions and conversation leading up to her death. It even includes the moment that she fell to her death. You can actually even hear him choking her, which he denies is what was happening. Although with all of this, the only thing that they needed to decide was, was Mr. Gable, Mr. Toasty, the man of the hour, responsible for Rowena's death? the jury of six men and six women would retire into their chambers for four days and deliberating trying to figure out a verdict and eventually they would emerge stating that they believed he was not guilty of the murder or even of manslaughter of Warana wright quote it would be wrong for us to use any of the evidence as a base for prosecution for murder. The jury even stated that they would have found him guilty of murder if they were satisfied beyond a reasonable doubt. However, they believe that he may have had intention and needed to cause her bodily harm in some sort of way to protect himself. Basically, the jury believes it was a series of misfortunate events all because of heavy drinking. I don't know what you think of this case, but in my opinion, I think he should have at least got charges of manslaughter. If you want to hear the three-hour recording, it is uncut unedited and online. But warning, it is extremely disturbing. And if you have ever been in an abusive situation, I highly suggest you do not listen. All right, let's continue to our next story.
3: Hi folks, Aubrey Trail here. A few little things I want to talk about. I've been watching all day. I just watched the news. That's why I'm making this. First thing I want to clarify is the news uh, just reported that our uh, contact with the police in Lincoln never took place. Well, let me assure you that it did. So if we're gonna talk, let's try to get it straight. I mean, the police can say or do what they want as I can. So you'll believe what you believe. But I've been watching a lot of posts and comments today. So, so far today from the comments, uh, we have apparently murdered this lady. We have apparently put her into human trafficking and sold her and not only did we do that, we used the money, we went to the casino that weekend and used the money that we sold her for. Bailey didn't drop her in a friend's house. She dropped her off in her drug dealer's house, Bailey's, according to the comments you guys are making. Because uh, I've never made an excuse for anything I've done in my life. I do what I do, be it, if I'm a thief, I'm a thief. But I'd be goddamned, I've never killed anyone in my life. I've never hurt a female in my life. So take that for whatever the hell it's worth. You know, yeah, thanks for the comment about I'm not very intelligent and uh, I'm stupid and all this, appreciate that. Uh, but your opinion is your opinion. You know, think what you want, do what you want. The officers in this investigation have the people of Wilbur scared to death. But uh, they don't understand, they didn't know that people like us were living next to them. What the hell is people like us? People with criminal histories? Did you check my criminal history? Forgery. Bad checks. Theft. That's it. I mean, not say I'm a nice guy. I'm a crook, I'm a thief, I've been all my life. Okay, but I'm not what you're trying to make me out to be. I'd be goddamned if I'm gonna be stand here and be accused of doing something to someone. You pretty much blatantly said that we murdered this girl. You blatantly said that we've sold her into some kind of trafficking. This is just, it's ridiculous, it's ludicrous.
1: This brings us to our final case I have for you today. When 24-year-old Sydney Loof didn't show up for her work shift the morning of November 16th, 2017, her co-workers knew something had to be wrong. Also, you are probably gonna hear some lawn mowing and some yard maintenance in the back. It's a great day outside for people to get that done today in Florida because it's not too hot and there's a nice little wind factor. So a lot of my neighbors are currently tending to their yard work. Again, gonna do my best to muffle all that out. So normally, Sydney was a dependable, responsible, woman. So when she wasn't answering her phone, answering calls, or responding to messages and didn't show up to work, her friends and her family grew immediately concerned. This is when they reached out to the Lincoln, Nebraska police. Police went to her home, but nothing seemed out of place. There were no signs of a struggle. It didn't appear as though anything was really missing. I mean, except for Sydney, of course. They then decided to take a look into her digital records. The last thing she posted online was a selfie with the caption, Ready for my date. Further digging would reveal that she had been messaging a woman she'd met on Tinder who went by the name Audrey. They had met once for a date and were planning on meeting up again the night of November 15th. As the days ticked by, Sydney's parents went on the media begging for anyone with any information to please just come forward. Her friends even went so far as to set up a Facebook page to help in the search for Sydney. Soon, the FBI even got involved. They obtained more of her cell phone data, which show that her phone had last pinged about 40 miles south of Lincoln, in a small town called Wilbur. Specifically though, at the apartment of a couple named Bailey Boswell, who was 23, and Aubrey Trail, who was 51. This couple had an extensive criminal history, bad checks, theft, and various other scams. They commonly targeted antique businesses across multiple states, by the way. They were just a duo of con people. I don't feel right saying con men because there's like a woman there. So in an age OH today with pronouns, I just don't want to be wrong. So they're con people. When police went to Boswell and Trails apartment to question them, the couple were nowhere to be found as it usually goes. The landlord, however, pointed out that the apartment had smelled strong of bleach. So, the police decided to get a search warrant. Inside the basement apartment, the smell of bleach was so overpowering that it was noted several times by police and investigators. One room had been meticulously clean, and the walls were scrubbed, while the rest of the apartment was cluttered and, well dirty and dingy. It looked as though the couple had left in a hurry as well. They also found some items that rang alarm bells. A dog leash, which was odd because the couple didn't have a dog. Okay, maybe they're into some kinky stuff. Alright, okay. They found duct tape, a sauna suit with the crotch cut out by the way. That's fucking weird. Zip ties, a hatchet, a plastic drop cloth that was smeared with blood. You know, the usual. Oh, and a book about anatomy. Hey, no judgment. Sometimes you just want to learn what's going on with your body. I get it. Or, you know, how to maim it as well. Who knows? At this point, everybody was fearing the worst. So police began searching the rural areas and ponds all around Wilbur. And Sydney's parents would continue speaking with the media, all in hopes to keep her case in the public eye.
3: Thank you for all of your prayers, and uh, in my opinion, someone knows something. Please, please do the right thing.
1: Bizarrely, videos of Boswell and Trail began surfacing on social media. In these videos, the couple protested their innocence. We didn't do it! It was the one-armed man! Sorry, every time I read that somebody who did something, it was like, no, it wasn't me. That's all that plays in my head. Boswell, who was wearing a black hoodie and large sunglasses, said that she had smoked pot and done other drugs with Loof on their date, but then dropped her off at a friend's house afterwards. Trail, who had his face fully visible, admitted to being a thief but swore he was no murderer. They claimed they weren't running or hiding, but that they couldn't go home because the local media had basically parked outside their house and was completely against them. Authorities would use subpoenaed cell phone data where police were able to trace the couple's movements across several states and saw that they had ended up in Branson, Missouri. That's where the past caught up with them. They were arrested on a previous warrant for stealing several gold coins, then transported back across state lines. Now, with the couple in custody, the case could move forward, but no one could have expected where it would eventually end up.
2: Good morning, I'm James Johnson.
1: And I'm Emily Zane. Today is Tuesday, December 5th. After more than two weeks of endless searching for a missing Lincoln woman, her family took to Facebook to announce the news.
2: The body of 24-year-old Sidney Louv has been recovered. 3 News Now reporter Shante Passmore is live in studio with the latest.
1: Boswell's cell phone data did more than just reveal where the couple were. It also revealed that on the day that Sydney was reported missing, Boswell had driven around 200 miles on various dirt roads in a rural Clay County, Nebraska. When investigators decided to follow this digital trail, they soon found what they were looking for. In a ditch beside an isolated dirt road, investigators noticed a human arm sticking out of a garbage bag. Further searching found more human remains. In 13 separate garbage bags all near the roads that Boswell's phone had pinged. The remains were identified as Sydney's by her distinctive tattoos. However, not all of her remains were recovered. Her left upper arm was never recovered, and there were no internal organs found ever. What they did find was a latex glove smeared in blood and some other remains. An autopsy would reveal that Sydney's cause of death was suffocation and that she had bruising that indicated she had fought her attacker. Trail immediately confessed. He told police that he and Sydney, along with two other women, but not Boswell, no, not her, had engaged in some consensual BDSM.
3: Cause I may be bad, but I'm perfectly good.
1: Sorry, again, I'm just trying to lighten the mood because, you know, we talk about some pretty serious shit here. Anyways, he claims that there's basically a group of people in this consensual BDSM act. He says that in this, the women had paid him $15,000 just to film this whole thing going down. He said that during that, he had strangled her with an extension cord solely as an erotic act. Now a lot of people, I'm gonna say, are into auto erotica asphyxiation. This is basically you like being choked and the inability to, you know, breathe while you're getting off. This is actually the cause of a few celebrities passing as well. So he says that quote, it got out of hand and he accidentally killed her. Afterwards, he said that he panicked and chopped up her body and hid it so that he wouldn't get caught. You know, if you can't find a body, then there is no crime. Now, he was adamant that Boswell was in no way, shape, or form involved with Sydney's death and that she had only helped him dispose of Sidney's body. Boswell would also cooperate his story, claiming that she had fallen asleep in the living room while Sidney, Trail, and two other women engaged in this group sex activity in the other room. However, the story that Sidney's death was merely an accident during otherwise consensual sex didn't actually like fit with the evidence. First, there were the text messages between Sidney and Boswell. In none of these messages, did Boswell mention Trail or any other man, leading Sydney to believe that the date would have just been between the two of them. Investigators also said that there was no evidence that anyone other than Sydney, Boswell, and Trail were in the apartment at the time of Sydney's murder. Perhaps most damning was surveillance footage from the local Home Depot, which showed Trail and Boswell just hours before the quote date purchasing a hacksaw tin snips, a utility knife, and the plastic drop cloths. You know, the ones that they would find later, covered in blood. They were then brought back to Nebraska, and each of them were charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and improper disposal of human remains. I'm gonna pause for a moment because that charge always makes me go, huh, that's weird. I feel like we, as people who are not in the profession of disposing of humans, are technically always doing improper disposal of human remains. Like, don't you have to call somebody when somebody passes away to be like, hey, there's a dead body here. You you can't you know throw it out yourself. You know, never mind. Let's continue. It's just confusing to me. I hate that charge. It's just like obviously y- you didn't alert somebody. Like that's not good. Anyways, so they had improper disposal of human remains as well. Trail pled guilty to improper disposal of human remains, but not guilty to the other two accounts. Boswell pled not guilty to all three charges that were faced against her. While they were in jail awaiting their trials, authorities discovered coded messages that the couple had been exchanging, all in order to make sure that their stories would keep lining up. In the messages, Trail insisted on taking all of the blame. He also said that it would be important that Boswell would be painted as, quote, the victim. The two were tried separately. This began with Trail. This is where it gets weird. Well, weirder. In turn of events in the Aubrey Trail trial, Trail takes the stand recanting his entire story of how Sidney
2: Loof died.
0: Yeah, it was Trail's first appearance in court since he slashed his neck two weeks ago. KATV News Watch Evans Andrew Ozaki has tonight's big story.
1: But first, we do want to warn you some of the material in the case may not be suitable for younger audiences.
2: Shackled in handcuffs and with visible marks on the right side of his neck, Aubrey Trail appears in court for the first time since his outburst two weeks ago. Against his attorney's advice, he took the stand and said the story he told to investigators and his own attorneys was a lie.
3: It was only me, Bailey, and Sydney there the night Sydney died. And uh, I'll get into how it happened, I guess. But, But no, there was no two other girls there. There was no
2: sexual fantasy. There was no fifteen thousand dollars paid for a sexual fantasy. Prosecutors believe Trail and Bailey Boswell lured 24-year-old Sydney Loof on a tender date in November of 2017, killed her and disposed of her dismembered body in fields in Clay County. Trail also says they knew Loof months before the tender date and they were trying to get her to come back to their group by offering her help financially. Trail still maintains Loof died accidentally during rough sex.
3: I mean I am the one that caused Sydney's death. I mean I'm the one that Choke Sidney.
2: As her trails claim he had a deeper relationship with Loof, two employees of the Grand Weaver Hotel in Fall City previously testified they saw Loof with Trail in Boswell in the late spring or summer of 2017. How
0: certain are you that it was Sidney Lou that you saw? 100%.
2: When asked why the jury should believe him now after so many lies...
3: I don't really care what you believe. I mean, this is what happened. Uh, can nothing change that. I can't bring Sidney Louf back. I killed her. I mean I didn't mean to,
2: but I did. In Wilbur, Ed Rosaki, KETV, Newswatch 7.
1: Okay, this this case is gonna get really weird from here. Just seriously. In June of 2019, Trail stood trial for first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Now, in addition to the digital and forensic evidence, the prosecution also had witness testimony from three women who were ordered to remain anonymous. These testimonies were used to prove that not only Sydney's murder was premeditated, but that Trail's motive was extremely bizarre. So these women were in their early 20s, and they testified that they had first met Boswell through Tinder and that later Boswell had introduced them to trail whom she described was her boyfriend and her sugar daddy but we're gonna learn that if this was the case he was nothing but a splenda papa he didn't really give out sugar daddy allowances you know at least according to what they should be getting on the internet i don't know i'm not a sugar baby they described that they were given manicures expensive clothes cell phones drugs and a weekly allowance of about 150 dollars to 200 bucks Just go ahead and pop in google the average quote allowance for a sugar baby that 150 to 200 (laughs) ain't shit so in exchange the women would testify that they were expected to engage in group sex with trail and boswell whom they referred to as mommy and daddy they were also expected to help trail and boswell carry out their scams and fence stolen property as time would go on the roles of their relationships begin to get a bit more controlling They were absolutely forbidden to speak to any other men, and they had to ask permission to do anything. They were locked inside the couple's home or in a motel room, and were expected to check in via text or phone every three hours, every single day. But this was only the beginning. The women would also testify that Trail would describe himself as being a vampire, and that they were now witches who, of course, belonged to him and, oh, by the way, his cult. Yeah, this guy is fucking weird, man. They said that he claimed to have supernatural powers, like the ability to fly, which he refused to apparently ever show them. Because you better believe it, if someone tells me, hey, I can fly, I'd be like, yeah, cool, fucking show me, because, uh, I want to know how. And if they say, oh, no, I can't, I'd be like, alright, cool, so you're lying. But he also said, oh, I could read minds too. Yeah, uh, think of a number. Is it 17? No, okay. Is it three? No, shit, I'm gonna get this. Give me a hint. So like obviously his supernatural powers weren't really ever shown, but they believed him for some reason. The women said that Trail told them that they needed to torture and kill someone in order to gain their supernatural powers. You know, like the ones that he says he has, but can't show, yeah. He also claimed that if they did this, he would film it and then they could sell the footage for about a million dollars. Then they could split all of that money equally. The women said that they left the cult before November. This means that they were not involved around the time that Sydney was lured in. One of them said that Boswell had called her later on that month after Sydney's murder and convinced her to travel with them to a casino. Once she arrived, she started getting really weird vibes from them. And then she realized that the Lincoln police were trying to contact, quote, mommy and daddy, So she decided it was time to leave. All the women said that Trail had spoken frequently about killing and dismembering someone. None of the women said that they had seen Boswell or Trail ever kill anybody. At this point, the trial takes a very bizarre detour. While one of the witnesses was taking the stand, Trail stood up in court and yelled, Sydney is innocent, I curse you all. I'm sorry, I had to be dramatic. He then slit his throat with an improvised blade. He was immediately taken out of the courtroom and to the hospital trail would survive this apparent suicide attempt and his trial continued once he was recovered and back in the courtroom he had another surprise up his sleeve he would recant his previous statements calling them quote bullshit he said there was no video no sexual fantasy and there were no two other people involved he still maintained that he only accidentally killed sydney Quote, I use people for money, I use people for sex, so killing someone would be counterproductive for me. During his trial, FBI agents testified that when the couples were in Saline County Jail awaiting their trials, they were passing encoded notes to each other in order to coordinate their stories. This trial would last three weeks, during which time, Trail suffered two heart attacks and one stroke. But in the end, the jury returned a verdict of guilty on all counts. And on June 9th, 2021, Trail was sentenced to death.
2: Please don't him to death. Thursday was an emotional day in court, with members of Bailey Boswell's family giving recorded interviews, with Boswell audibly emotional at times with her parents and others speaking about Bailey's upbringing. Oswald's father was murdered when she was only one year old, but actually ended up having a traditional and good childhood in Iowa, with her mother and stepdad's turn father, who adopted her.
3: How did she go from a, a high school star athlete in Leon, Iowa, to being involved with a man twice her age, uh, who is essentially a, a con man
2: Oswell's life went south in college when she dated a man, Freddie, who her parents say sexually and emotionally abused her, as well as coerced her into giving sexual acts for money. He was pimping her out. She later met Aubrey Trail, who was also abusive. Her mother, Priscilla, said she never had a good feeling about him. I couldn't really find anything nice to say, so it's better just to stay away.
1: Boswell would stand trial in September of 2020, and her trial was a lot less dramatic. But there was more physical evidence against her, including her DNA on a latex glove that was found with Sydney's remains. You guys might hear um, some gunshots going on in the background. I kind of live out in the outskirts of the town that I'm located in. So this is a normal occurrence. In October, Boswell was found guilty on all three counts. Her sentence hearing began on July 1st of 2021. With her defense arguing that Boswell's past history of sexual and physical abuse made her quote, the perfect victim. They also pleaded that she not receive the death penalty on the final day of her sentence hearing a tearful boswell begged the court not to sentence her to death for the sake of her daughter bailey boswell will spend the rest of her life in prison without the possibility of parole and that is the case of sydney loof
0: You know you may be thinking that this is some random hookup. No, no, we met on Tinder. And while you may think that we know nothing about each other, that couldn't be further from the truth. We share common interests like music in general.
1: Want to try to meet Ryan? Well, he's
2: got it all: Gnomes, mouth, eyes, it works. One of her pictures has a car in it, and currently, I don't have one.
1: A lot of people believe in meeting organically, but. We have a busy lifestyle. I found Ryan while I was waiting on the DMV.
0: I was taking a dump. Swipe right.
1: It was love at first sight.
0: She has boobs.
1: Hey, I'm going to
2: head out. I have work on Wednesday.
0: It's Monday. What are you doing tonight?
2: Oh, I have another Tinder date. Probably just wants to fuck me, though.
0: <laughs> Probably.
1: So there are some crazy, crazy stories that all come from Tinder. Don't get me wrong, I I know a lot of people that have met and are still dating people on the internet. I'm not saying that everybody you match with is going to try to hurt you or kill you. Maybe they want to take you out for a nice meal, maybe go see a movie or just spend some time together. Or maybe they do just want to plow you. But the fact remains, there are bad and sinister people out there who use platforms such as Tinder, Bumble, Match, eHarmony, Plenty of Fish, and all those dating apps to find their next victim. So be careful, cause it could be you. Before I say goodbye completely, I wanna let you guys know something. Next week, I am going to start recording for YouTube. I told you guys several weeks ago that I accepted a collaboration with Kill Double Films to do a music reaction channel, and it's time to start recording. I was supposed to start this week, but we ran into a few hiccups, and now that everything is set, I will start next week. Of course, as soon as it's up and running, I will include links on all of the descriptions of the podcast and also on all of my social media. If you don't follow me on social media, you should. You can find me everywhere at Oh Hey It's Harmony, which means TikTok and Instagram, or if you still use Facebook and you wanna follow me there, just search Harmony Miller. You can't miss me. Also, if you wanna send me an email, go ahead and do that. You can do so at whattheactualeffharmony at gmail.com. I'll keep you guys up to date on when Hex Mix will be released. Anyways, I will talk to you guys on the next episode of What the Actual F. Until then, stay safe. And if you match with anybody on Tinder, maybe do a quick Google search. Or, I don't know, invite somebody with you. Just be safe. I really don't ever want to tell a story about you. Love you guys. Bye.